Thank you. I am still a baby. <sighs> um, do you remember last week? I'm just going to set things up because I'm, um, you know, OCD. Um, I mentioned last week, and it's just a bit echo, echoey up here. Sorry, Ray. Anyway, I mentioned last week that people have known in the past that if they send me a text message, it ends up on my tablet. And so I was getting, after I mentioned that, everyone started texting. But so did my wife. I didn't see her message till I got home after the service last week. No, I didn't. Because I, I, didn't, I didn't see it because I don't read them. They are distracting. Right? But for those of you that are wondering, what could this woman of God be sending to her husband while he's preaching God's word inspired by the Holy Spirit? Do you know what she sent me? Put your hands down, people may see your stomach. <laughs> so I'm glad for those that are watching at home, you didn't get to see that. That was probably good. Then she sent a second one, and the second one was probably had a, 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 a more stern tone. It just said, hands down. <laughs> now, if she hadn't written the word stomach, I would have thought, oh no, I must be perspiring or something, because that happens all the time to speakers. You see it all the time. But yes, because she didn't want you to see that white space. And so she's obviously loving you, and somehow was, that was showing love to me. So please pray for me. I'm, I've not been able to let it go. It's been seven days. And I'm just wondering what I need to do to get her back. But time will come. Anyway, um, I do want to reiterate, I, I thought there was a lovely, uh, just a, a, a lovely place and space of worship. Yeah. I do think we are very fortunate. Um, I am very biased about our house here. I do think we carry a lovely anointing. The truth of what we carry is often in the hearts of those of you that are here and those that are watching at home because you actually bring your worshipping heart into a place and then corporately we connect. And it's like our batteries, our car batteries have all been on charge overnight and then we come in and we plug it into the same place. And so that's the difference. Yeah, it's not, yes... I am God's favourite, but so are you. You know, yes, we're God's favourites. We all are. Anybody can say that because it's a truth, it's a reality. But what we experience here that I think is so different from many other places isn't because we're special, but it's because what the body, the family actually brings to the table and then we get to share together. Amen? So please don't stop bringing your worship to this place. Bring it in your brokenness, bring it in your sacrifice, bring it in your joy, bring it, because when we put it all together, it is so very sweet and special. So let's pray, and then we'll jump in. So Father, you really got to start the timer again, Sal. Let's, you're not taking four minutes just because I said hello. <laughs> Father, thank you, Lord, for being here today. We thank you, God, that we have the opportunity to be stretched and pruned and cut and forged into the image of your son. We thank you, Father, that sometimes it's not pleasant, sometimes it's exciting, sometimes it's challenging. But overall, Lord God, we just thank you that each and every breath that we take, we are growing closer and closer to you. So this day, this Sunday, we give you all the glory. And everybody said, Amen. Um, 
for those that have been praying for John Kellogg uh, and his uh, just day-stay operation, he's recovering well. But obviously, when you when you get a little bit older than I am and you under anaesthetic, it takes a couple of days just to recover. So I believe that's the only recovery that's required. So he's doing well. So thank you for your prayers. Now I've been talking about the last couple of weeks family life, and two weeks ago I talked about living by faith. You know, being a family of faith. But also, um, last week I talked about, uh, I guess, family words, taming the tongue, being able to control what we say because in what we say we can point people to Jesus or we can point people away from Jesus. And to a degree I want to continue not on the way that we talk but I think part of family life is being wise. Part of us being part of the body, being Christians is having a wisdom that comes from God and so I want to touch on some of that today because I think in this season more than any other we need wisdom right now you know we need wisdom in life we need wisdom in our workplaces in our businesses we need wisdom in our schoolyards we we need wisdom in our homes in our finances we need wisdom everywhere we need wisdom in our marriages we need wisdom in our relationships we need wisdom to raise our our kids you know really we we need wisdom even on how we travel and where we travel you know because will the borders close or what will fuel cost we need wisdom today so we're going to keep going through James and I just want to I want to backtrack into James chapter 1 quickly and verse 5 in James chapter 1 reads if any of you lacks wisdom you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and I love this part of the verse, and it will be given to you. Yeah? And it will be given to you. If we ask God for wisdom, he's going to give it to us. Like, that's so cool. If we ask God for wisdom, he's going to give it to us. That's actually telling us that and showing us that there's a prayer that God loves to answer. Loves to answer it. Yeah? You know how sometimes we pray for healing. I believe God answers every prayer. I don't understand why we don't always see everybody healed because I believe God, God's heart is for all of us to be made whole. But I know that when I pray for wisdom and ask for wisdom, I'm going to get wisdom. He tells us that. He promises that. So together, you and I this morning, before we even move forward, need to declare together that we all need wisdom. Yeah, We all need wisdom. I'm just getting my watermelon. I noticed that you were trying to steal it. Like you did my cake. It was a lovely cake. I don't remember it. I only had a small piece on my birthday. Twice. But I didn't get to have it after that. Everybody else ate it. Nathan, Melanie. But that's okay. I, I, I'm, I'm showing, I'm being Jesus, I'm forgiving them. So we all need wisdom from Father to guide us. Yeah? So now let's just jump back to James chapter 3 where we left off last week really. And we're going to read from verse 13. Verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. Let them show it by their good life. Yeah? By deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. I actually love the insight that James is giving here because... There's this goodness that comes from wisdom that we can experience in our everyday lives. And now he's telling us that he's also aware of the human condition called, you know, bitterness, envy, you know, bitter envy that can actually stop us having wisdom. Yeah? 
Verse 15, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Man, who thought they would still use the demon word in church today? It's as if we believe in the devil. Oh, that's right. There is an enemy called the devil. He's the opposite of God. And if you're not going home to heaven to spend eternity with God, you're going to the other place, whatever you want to call it. But I'll tell you what I know for sure, that you're eternally separated from the Father. Yeah. So here we have a wisdom that's actually demonic. Verse 16, For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive. Well, people in the world don't like the word submissive today. Actually, people in church don't like the word submissive today. It's submissive, wisdom submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere. Verse 18, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. They are good words, yeah? Verse 17 and 18, they are good words. So here's the message really simply. Families, get wisdom from God. Yeah, that's the message. Church family, God will give wisdom when we ask him. Yeah. Is that cool? Because yeah. he's the source of all wisdom. You think about it, we, we walk around with our phones. Some of us have got really good phones, Samsungs, Android phones. Some people have apples. You know, I don't know why. They're good to eat. That's about all. But you can have like up to a gigabyte of memory on these phones. Now, I, I share that to say it doesn't make us wise. It doesn't matter how much information you may be able to carry with you, store into your brain, but information does not guarantee wisdom. Yeah, yeah. You can play with someone that is always going to be your trivial pursuit partner, but you're not going to ask him for advice in life. <laughs> is that fair? So having a lot of information, if that doesn't guarantee wisdom, then there's something that we need to know. And that something is that as Christians, we can receive from the Lord wisdom, divinely imparted revelation from above. I mean, that's awesome for you and I in this season, a divine wisdom that surpasses all, all the wisdom of the world. I mean, you just have to read Proverbs, don't you? Proverbs is such a brilliant book. It's filled with so much wisdom and it starts off with like an explosion right at the beginning because it says we need wisdom right from the start. Because Proverbs is about gaining wisdom. It's about gaining instruction, understanding on how we're going to live our lives. It's to, to, to gain great, great words of insight just for instruction. I love the fact that God's given us something that we can go to that can give us an insight and a heads up on how to live life. He's so good like that. You know, if there's a verse that helps us really understand where we get this wisdom from, it's probably verse 10 in chapter 9 of Proverbs. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. What it's actually saying is that you and I, we cannot, be wise without him. Yeah. What I love in this room, most of us will say, yes, amen. Yeah. Out there they won't. People who don't believe in Jesus aren't going to get this. Because there's something special that we get every time we read scripture. There's something special that we get every time you and I actually fellowship with one another where our, where our spirits testify. Yeah? yeah, There's a divine wisdom that's available to us that surpasses any cleverness of human understanding. Yeah. Totally. 
And that's why we trust in the Lord. That's why we, we lean not on our own understanding. That's why in all our ways we have to acknowledge him because he makes our path straight. Yeah, amen? It really is possible for a church, for a family, for us as individuals to receive wisdom from the Lord. And his wisdom starts to become like the air we breathe. It's just there every day in everything that we do. Now, we have to acknowledge that there's a difference, a contrast between godly wisdom, spiritual wisdom, and the so-called wisdom of the world. Psalm 14 verse 1 reads, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no, there is no one who does good. That's such a hard pill to swallow. Because we know good people that don't follow the Lord. God's talking about wisdom, not their acts. And in that case, that's suggesting that there's this recklessness. I actually wrote these words, because if you, you look it up, they mean the same thing. But in the world, in this world, there's, there's this madness, a lunacy, really. A recklessness, because a fool says in his heart, there is no God. Now, why is that? It's because so much of the world chooses to reject God, just plainly. They just choose to reject him, yeah? And even if there's some sense of belief in God, they'd rather prefer not to believe in the true God because in not believing in the true God, it doesn't interfere with their lives. They can do what they want to do. Really, um, the word, a, a word that I struggle in pronunciation because I just do secularism. There it is, I got it right first time. Awesome, you can buy me a donut for that. Seems to be the official language, really, of so many people that are pillars in our culture today. Yeah? You know, there's, there's no wisdom in so many areas in life today. Because it's the fear of the Lord's the beginning of the wisdom. So if people are in positions of power, but they don't have Christ in their hearts, then the Bible would suggest there is no wisdom in that place. Is that fair? I don't think I've... I don't think the dots are too far apart. So if we don't have this fear of God, the recognition of God, if we don't humble ourselves in our lives before the Lord, then we don't have wisdom. There's this intense battle that's going on around us all the time. And where do we, in the middle of this battle, where do we get this wisdom? You know, Adam and Eve were walking in the Lord and the serpent comes in. And, and, the, and the serpent goes, did God really say this stuff? You know, can, can we really trust his word? Is this stuff about Jesus actually true? They were so easily sidetracked, and yet they walked and talked with God. So you and I, we can believe in Jesus, but there are times in our life, you've got to hear this, because we have to be aware. If we're aware of the enemy's ploys, we know how to counteract that. Sometimes, even though we believe in Jesus, we can get sidetracked by philosophies, by theories by energy, by karma, by that God and this God, but not the God. I don't know how many people I know that look everywhere else but to Jesus as their God and they wonder why they can't put life together, why they're still suffering. They're praying to God, but they're believing in the energy. They're praying to God, but they're running after believing karma. And, and, and they spend time together and they feed each other stuff that is not biblical. And if Jesus isn't involved, it suggests that it's not wise. There's no wisdom in it. 
Yeah? Colossians 2.8. Oh, I love this scripture. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Do you know what another word of, for captive? Prisoner. Let no one take you prisoner through hollow and deceptive philosophy. I mean, we're doing the world a favour. Seriously, those that are listening at home, we do people a favour when we can point them to Jesus. Like seriously, he's got to be our everything. And if he's not your everything, then I don't know why we come to church and worship together. If there's ever a hill that you want to nail yourself to, a cross you want to die on, is that Jesus is the only way. Full stop. Captive, made captive, taken prisoner by deceptive philosophy. It looks good, it's shiny, it's new, but the actual fact, it's not based in God's word at all. You and I have to be careful not to get dragged away by strange teaching, false teaching. We've got to stay focused on the word of God. Think about science. You know, I think it's cool to say that we believe in science. I actually believe science and faith marry together really well. But there are pockets that don't. You know, I, I read somewhere um, where a very smart Christian professor of science, you know, was saying that, um, uh, one of his students was saying that science has all the answers. And the professor actually answered that student and said, my dear friend, science doesn't even know what the questions are. Science doesn't have all the answers. God has all the answers. Now, science itself, actual science, <laughs> okay, I'm going here, is, is, is supposed to be based on observable and provable fact. Are we okay with that? I know we're talking about science in church. So I want to use an example of, of how many claim to believe in science, but in fact, when science stares us in the face, we often choose through our own thinking to reject yeah, the truth. Now, this is a vivid illustration. If we believe in science, then why as a culture do so many allow the death of a 23-year-old baby in the womb? 23-week-old baby. Better still, here in Victoria, a full-term baby. Why do we kill a baby? Because they have Down syndrome. We know that at, even just at six weeks, when a child is the size of the palm of our hand, it already has its own fingerprints, its own identity. That's observable, provable science. Yeah? We've had three generations where people can see this. And, and we know far more now. We've always known that life begins at conception. That's a scientific fact. So why does a whole chunk of our culture and our world and laws have blinkers over this very plain fact? I, I am certainly pro-life. I'm not saying that there aren't situations that I do not understand where people need to make decisions that I do not understand. But generally speaking... The fact that people can just choose, that's provable science, that it's a life. How can they say they believe in science, not God, yet then ignore the science? There's no wisdom, yeah? That's my point. There is no wisdom. There's a quote by Dr. John Lennox. He, he wrote a book called Against the Flow. Um, 
Rick Warren actually says of John Lennox that he reads everything he writes. If there's ever anyone that he listens to and reads, it's John Lennox. John Lennox actually wrote this. He goes, and, and he describes it this way. He goes, now he describes how atheists love to accuse believers of believing with no evidence. Then he says this. I'm tempted to say that atheistic faith might well be defined as a study refusal to consider evidence that doesn't lead to atheistic conclusions. Did everyone get that? <laughs> it's so on the money when you're looking at stuff like this. Again, no wisdom. In one sense, we're all biased and we've all got our presuppositions and where we land and what we think. You know, they're there, our assumptions. But to help people determine how to live life, what decisions they make, they need to connect with God because wisdom comes from him. You know, verse 14 of James chapter 3 says, But if you harbour, because I'm just going to keep rolling on, bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. In other words, we can miss wisdom in our own lives because of what's going on in our hearts. Sometimes we are so controlled by our emotion that we don't make a wise decision. Yeah? yeah. If there's sin in our hearts or... If there's things in our life that can cause us to do things that God wouldn't approve of. I know we're Christians. I know we're saved by grace. Right? But I also know that we're tempted until the day that we pass. Because the enemy wants us, wants to kill, crush and destroy us, wants to rob us of our faith, doesn't he? So if there's sin that's coming against us that, that, and that somehow works into our hearts because we get offended, we carry some bitterness... Yeah, for those of the saying, oh, sin can't get into my heart. Mm. You know, man, I can get a bad burger from Macca's and, and be peeved. You know, get through the drive through Can't they forgot it? Ah! And now with the roadworks, you can't even do a U-turn. That's it. I'm on Google. Bad review for you. Not that they care, yeah? Stuff can come against us. Don't worry about that. Stuff can get under our skin. You know, I thank God, we should thank God that the word of God's truth, there's no greater truth that Jesus came and he died and he rose again. There's no greater truth. And the fact is that he is wisdom for us. At the end of the day, if we need wisdom, we just need to go to Jesus. You know, sometimes we just need to get into God's word every day because it imparts wisdom, even if you don't know it's seeping into your skin. <laughs> sometimes you just need to be in and around God's people because God's people love God. And so our, without even talking about God, our spirits testify. That's why you can spend time with a Christian, never mention Jesus, and come away and go, man, what an awesome night. And then you can go out with some friends that aren't believers and you have a good night, but you come home and it's like you've eaten Maccas because you're still hungry. Anyone know what I'm talking about? We can all learn from each other. God is always working around about us. We need to be able to face. We need to be able to posture ourselves under the wisdom of the Lord because he doesn't just save us from a life without him. He actually invites us into a life with him and he saves us from conforming to the things of the world. We do not have to do things like the world does things. I reckon that's a yes and amen. You know, wisdom, I mean, one of the, the first things that James says is wisdom is seen in and through our lives. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. 
Now, we accumulate wisdom by reading the word, spending time with one another. The study of his word and prayer, they're all a brilliant thing. But ultimately, when we get and what we get from the Lord gets lived out. People see the wisdom in your life when it's lived out. It's what the scripture's telling us. And that's one of the awesome things that James adds to our faith in this writing. He, he really says to us, we can't, this is, we can't separate our faith and our deeds. Remember two weeks ago? Now he's adding to that saying, if you actually have wisdom, let them show it by their good life. It comes out of you. Faith and wisdom roll together in the same vehicle. That's how it works. We can't separate our faith from our actions. If you believe you'll do it and you're doing it, it's because you believe it. Because if you didn't believe it, you wouldn't do it. So wisdom is seen in and through our lives. There is a life wisdom, and this is what you and I get to share in. Yeah? You ever heard of the phrase, he's got a, a, an old head on young shoulders? It's not because he's got an old head right, on young shoulders. It's because for his age, he's so wise. So you can be 70, 80, 90, 100 years old just because you've lived life. doesn't give you wisdom. I know people who are 70, 80 and older and they've got no wisdom at all. Just the accumulation of years doesn't necessarily give us wisdom. But leaning into God all the days of your life, that accumulates wisdom. So whether you start at 70 to 90, or whether you start when you're 12 and now you're 18, you are already wise in Jesus' name. You know, and verse 13, under this point that wisdom's shown through our lives, it says, who is wise and understanding? Let them show it. It's a, he's actually asking us, let them show it. If you've got wisdom, then show it. Why aren't you showing it? Like, this is so good. He's saying, show off your wisdom. Let them see it. You know, there is such a thing as wise good life. There is such a thing as wise humility, because humility and wisdom go together. But arrogance and pride will always stand in the way of wisdom. You know, when you think of all, all those that have been involved and are involved with God's Christmas gifts, collecting gifts, wrapping gifts, separating them, all the work that they do, handing them out to the families that are in need, blessing the families that are in need, some with Christmas gifts, some with fuel vouchers, with food vouchers, with baskets. We've even offered, if you ask Ray and Vicky, we've even offered free counselling for them to go see our friend Mike. Go, we'll pay for it as, as God's Christmas gifts. If you need it in this season, we'll pay for it. You think about all that, that's a picture of wisdom because wisdom acts in humility and wisdom serves. Yeah? You know, the, the second thing about wisdom is wisdom's impossible with a bad attitude. I mean, James chapter 3, 14 to 16 captures every bad attitude under the sun. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. I, I know we've already read those words, but I needed to read them again because bitter envy, selfish ambition, that's, that's a bad attitude. That's just, that's a bad attitude. So don't boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven. And it leads you to a place where you find disorder in every evil practice. 
You and I, as believers of Jesus, we need a good attitude, not a bad one. We need a good attitude if we want to have wisdom, if we want to be wise. You know when you're grumpy and you're upset? Ever upset somebody around you? Of course, it's not wise. My wife will tell you, it's not wise, Andrew, that you're grumpy and upset because you're making me grumpy and upset. Fortunately, she lives happy 23 hours and 15 minutes every day. The other 45 minutes, I've probably disappointed her again. Could be the other way around, I'm not sure. <laughs> we need a good attitude to be wise. And, you know, when we're falling out with someone, and all of a sudden it stews an anger within us. Or when there's unforgiveness in our hearts, that's not wisdom because we find ourselves doing things that, that's not wise. You know, when fear dominates us, there's, there's very few good decisions that come from a foundation of fear. Yeah. When we walk with the Lord and when we're in fellowship with one another, it actually helps us make wise decisions. We bounce off people. I think I was sharing... Um, it might have been with Ross on the phone the other day, but I was just having... Because for those who haven't noticed that it's a little bit fresh in the foyer, it's because the heater decided to die. So it's being you know, replaced uh, sometime this week, hopefully before Sunday. But even before, like we need a heater, but even before I go spending money, I ring other people because I want to make sure I'm making a wise decision. So often poor Rob is the receiver of those calls. It'd be like, hey, Rob, okay, bye. Ring again. Didn't you just call me? Yeah, I've got another question. Because where two or three agree on any one thing, yeah, for me, then God's involved. So if we're not making the decision even to spend money in this house, I want someone else invested in that. Sometimes you and I just need to speak to other people before we make a decision and jump off, <laughs> jump off a cliff, yeah? yeah. It helps us to make wise decisions. And especially now, because we're just living in a really diff difficult, confusing season. It just is, with everything that's going on in the planet. You know, did you know that forgiving others actually makes you wiser? Did you know that? Forgiving others makes you... There's a reason that Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Actually, there's wisdom alone in just praying, give us this day our daily bread, because it actually positions us to have to trust in him. There's wisdom there, full stop. Whenever we pray a prayer that actually causes us to rely on him. Because yeah. he is our wisdom. And, and did you know that holding resentment in your heart actually makes you do foolish things? Yeah. Do you know another word for foolish things is stupid things? When you say you do foolish things, people go, oh, that's all right. I didn't mean that. But when you go, man, that was stupid. They, they, you did stupid things. They're like, hey, take it easy. That's offensive. It means the same thing. Sometimes we brush stuff off really easily off ourselves, don't we? Oh, I did something foolish. Oh, I did something stupid. Oh, all of a sudden it resonates a bit more. We've just dug a deeper well. Better spend some time in the presence of the Lord. You know, failing to forgive robs us of wisdom. Being prideful, having selfish attitude takes away wisdom. You know, we might think we're smart, might think, we can get all the information we need to make decisions in life. But if we don't know how to process that information, if we can't process it correctly, or, or we don't know how to surrender it to God, then there is no wisdom. It's just information. You know, Solomon, 
who, who's known as the, the wisest man in the world, particularly in the Old Testament in, the, in that day, people would come from everywhere just to hear his wisdom. From everywhere. I mean, even before the book of James was written, Solomon knew that all he had to do was ask God for wisdom, and he got it. And the other interesting thing, the fear of the Lord's the beginning of the wisdom. Why do we, you know, he, he makes this decision, he, he does this thing, and, and it exposes wisdom in relationship. He, he, he does something that is so brilliant that it exposes wisdom in relationship. He had the fear of the Lord. I don't know how often you say, you know, to people, you talk about the fear of the Lord, and for some reason Christians don't want to go there. You can't be fearful of God. I'm, I'm not fearful of God, but, but I have a reverence. Yeah. I'm in awe in the presence of God. And in fact, when I step into the presence of God, dang, I'm, I'm really comfortable just kneeling before him, you know, because he's holy. Man, holy, holy, there is none, none like you, Lord. Holy. Look, we should have a reverence. We should have an awe. And it's not a bad fear. It's like an, oh, my gosh, fear. God's here, you know. He had, he had this reverence and awe. It says in Hebrews 12, 28, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. You know, there's a song that Mel and I have been listening to and we sent it to the worship team. And uh, one of the, the beginning of one of the choruses says, let me be the oil, let me be the sacrifice, let me be the laid out lover all my life. God is an all-consuming fire. He's an all-consuming fire. But Solomon had this wisdom because he had this reverence and awe. And then he has these two women that come to him. You know the story. And I, I love it that this is written. I love it that this is recorded. I love it that we get to look at it because it's all captured in relationship and everything about our house. We talk about family and relationship. These two women come, they're arguing about a dead baby. Both women, you know the story, they both, both had a baby, one died. One was shifty as, probably from the western suburbs of Melbourne where I grew up, I'm just being cheeky, right? And she switched the babies. And then they go before Solomon and go, oh, she stole my baby, no, it's my baby, stole my baby, no, it's my baby. And she goes, it's easily fixed. Let's take the live baby, split it down the middle, you take half, you take half, it's done, then both of you will be happy. And one of them, the one, the shifty one, goes, no, no. I should say the shifty one goes, yes, yes. What a great, that's a great outcome. But the real mother says, oh, don't do that to my child. Just get, you know, let the child live and give it away. Solomon knew he had wisdom before there was DNA evidence. He had wisdom before there was private investigators taking photographs. He had wisdom all the way back then. Man, and that's wisdom that he got from God. So there must be only one person that's wiser than Solomon. It must be Jesus. You know, it amazes me that Jesus, and, and what happens with Jesus is his life, there's so much pressure, yet in everything that he does, he shows this wisdom. He must have spent so much time with the Lord, asking for wisdom. You know, think about it. 
He who is without sin, cast the first stone. Now seriously, that, that's a brilliant line, isn't it? If that was written in a movie for something, you'd be like, wow, that's awesome. What a cool line that is. Like to come up with that, he just stitched all those blokes. Man, you go. C.S. Lewis actually, actually wrote these words. You'd have to be Jesus and Jesus alone to even invent that brilliant line. Yeah, wisdom. Even when it came to taxation, you know, because I'm thinking of it now because we have to do our taxes. Give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Give to God's what's God's. He must have spent so much time with the Father to have so much wisdom. And so I want us to look back at this passage. I've got two minutes and I want us to focus on something. Because there's nine words that reveal missing wisdom. <laughs> we went through them in verses 14, 15 and 16. And there's repetition with the words envy and selfish ambition. They're bitter envy, selfish ambition, boast, earthly, unspiritual, demonic envy, selfish ambition, disorder, evil practice. They're nine words that say, hey, if you've got any of this stuff in your life, I'm telling you, you're missing wisdom. So envy and selfish ambition affects our ability to be wise. That kind of wisdom actually leaves you sour, irrational, you become jealous, arrogant, become worldly, godless, evil even. Alec Mateo, a commentator, in relation to those words wrote, wrote this. He said, they're sharp, defensive, self-concerned, leading to parting spirit and division. These words are traits and they lead to defaming, denigrating, criticising and slight innuendos. Wisdom shows itself in a good life, not a bad life. It reveals itself with a bad attitude, what type of wisdom you have, though. You know, I think right now the enemy is trying to create bad attitudes in Christians. And if he can do that, he's effectively taken away our wisdom to make decisions and have impact in the world today. The devil's saying, I've got the church now. Let's stop the church from meeting. Let's divide them over social media. Let's do that. Let's make them unwise in the way they handle social media. In fact, let's create national division. Let's get them to argue over mask or not to mask. Let's get the Christians to argue about that. Let's get them to disrespect one another and speak words against each other. Let's get them and make them like the church in Corinth and fall into a parting spirit and division. Let's allow, I know, let's allow sexual immorality to be acceptable in the secret parts of our lives. Let's stop them praying. Let's discourage them. Let's distract them. Let's neglect assembling together. Let's add confusion. Let them feel hurt over one another. Uh, maybe let there be unforgiveness. Let's manipulate their minds online. Let's get them to stop their regular rhythms of discipleship. Which you, if you think about the strongest, when the church was at its strongest in history, People met together daily. People went to church once, sometimes twice a day. People went to Bible studies. They caught up with each other. Let's get them to stop their regular rhythms of discipleship. Let's exhaust them. I've got nothing left. I can't do that. I can't go out tonight. Oh, it was a big Saturday. I can't come to church. Wisdom comes from God. 
If sin finds a way to get under our skin and if we stop crying out to God for wisdom, the devil gets these little small victories. Now we know that he loses. We know down the track ultimately he's defeated. But you and I, when we come before the Lord and he washes us clean and we receive his forgiveness, you and I, we're, we're forgiven. We forgive others. We die to ourselves. We serve in humility. And it's in that space that there's victory in Jesus' name, yeah? I'll leave you in a happy note. Why don't you stand? <laughs> I love a challenging word. It's like going back to Bible college and being stabbed and have someone turn the knife and then they give you Jesus to show you how it all works. So rather, you and I, in wisdom, let's encourage one another. James three seventeen. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, pure. Then it's peace-loving. Then it's considerate. Then it's submissive. Then it's full of mercy. Oh, for the Christian world to be full of mercy with one another, yeah? How good would that be? And good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers. I love it. We make the peace. You and I, this is godly wisdom. And peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. There's nine words that show what, that you're missing wisdom. But there's nine words from James here. These are the words that we sow into. These are the words that you and I, we lean into. Pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, sincere peacemakers. Because the result for you and I is a harvest of righteousness. It's a celebration. And knowing the difference in the bad words versus the Holy Spirit in what, you know, inspired wise words, that helps us to detect wisdom by our fruit in our own lives. We, you and I, we need to be, yeah, we need to, we need to self-care, but we need to be self-aware and self-governing. Yeah. And if we can live and lean in these nine words, man, I love it. So for you and I, can I ask you to close your eyes, please? Are we sowing into God's wisdom? Because God's family needs it. God's family needs us to live by faith. God's family needs us to use family talk, wholesome talk, godly talk, tame the tongue. And God's family needs us to be wise. Are we wise in the Lord? Or has the enemy somehow got under our skin and got us in his trap? All we have to do, if we can see those nine words that say we're missing wisdom, all we have to do is cry out to the Lord like Solomon did. And it's a prayer that he promises to answer. It's a prayer that he loves to give. Who'd like some wisdom today? Just show your hands. And I'm quite happy for you to open your eyes and look around you. Because yeah? this should be something we all want in Jesus' name. So Father, this day, make us wise. Give us wisdom in the books that we read. Oh, hobby horse. Don't read books that will challenge your faith. You want your faith to be challenged. But you want to come away stronger in faith. But if you read a book that challenges your faith and now you're questioning and now you're not sure, you're reading the wrong books. Yeah, you're reading the wrong books. 
Father, give us wisdom on who we listen to, where we get advice from. Give us wisdom and courage to get counsel. Lord, make us wise in every area of our lives, Father, that those who encounter us, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your scripture. Father, I thank you for your truth. That wisdom, Lord God, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom is seen. Father, it's seen by the deeds that come out from us. It's seen by the things that we do. And Lord, give us the, I guess, the understanding that people would know how to show it, that we would be able to show it to those that are around us. Lord, I pray that we're so wise that governments approach us. I pray, God, that we'd have so much wisdom in you. Not smart Alex, Lord God, not full of information and knowledge, but wisdom. I pray that our workplaces would ask us questions when things need to be fixed and unsure on what step to take. Father, I pray that in the schoolyard, friends would ask the believer, what would you do in this situation? Can you got some wisdom to... Sh Lord, I pray that our wisdom would be renowned. Not because of our IQ, not because of our intelligence, not because of our whatever it's called, answer, whatever the score is in VCE, but because we've just trusted and relied in you. So Father, this day make us more like your son Jesus, who is the most brilliant man to have ever lived. God, I pray that as we walk away, we would be that much more closer to him, that much more shaped into his image. Father, that our minds would be so responsive to the things that you've written in your word for us and for those that are around us. But we thank you, God, that we get to be the salt of the earth, the light on the hill, that we get to be the wise one because of your wisdom. So this day, we give you the glory, we give you the honour, and we just tell you, Father, that you are our Master, our Lord, our King, and we love you with all of our hearts. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Be wise today. Have a coffee, not tea. Enjoy your friendships with people. Love dogs. Give away your cats. All that sort of stuff to offend other people. But in, seriously, be wise in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>